You're listening to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is episode 79, How to Find Joy in the Bible That Leads Your Children to Jesus with Heather Erickson. Hi, this is Darla Trendler and welcome to Spiritually Minded Mom. My goal is to help you gain confidence in your ability to hear and follow God's voice in motherhood and in life. Listen in to hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning to navigate motherhood by partnering with our Heavenly Parents. Welcome to episode 79. This is Darla. Thank you so much for being here. Before we jump into my interview today, which is so amazing and I'm so excited to share it with you, I wanted to give you a little bit of background. This interview that I'm sharing today is with Heather Erickson, and she is the founder of The Car Project, and it's a they do Bible studies to help women find joy in the Bible and to understand it better. And you'll hear in the interview that Heather and I talked a lot about how we can learn the, the, the scriptures for ourselves and then be able to apply it to our lives and then be able to teach our children about it. And that's what this episode is about. And I am passionate about being able to teach our kids and help them to know for themselves that they can have their own relationship with Jesus Christ. And so very soon, I want to announce that I'm going to be coming out with some resources to help moms of teenagers or moms who are are soon to be moms of teenagers um, getting ready to enter that season of motherhood. Because as you know, it's a season that I have loved but I want to be able to give you some resources to help your teens spiritually. So you're going to hear in this interview, Heather gives a lot of great advice, things that her parents did for her, how she's teaching her own kids. And I want to tell you just a short little snippet of what happened. So I recorded this episode with Heather last week, and I have a new podcast editor. It is my son, and he's 15. He's really close to being 16. Next month, he'll be 16. He's so excited. And he convinced me that he could edit my podcast for me, and he's actually done a really fantastic job, and it has taken so much work off of my plate, and I'm so grateful. So I finished recording with Heather. It was it was at night. It was probably 9 o'clock at night when we finished, and my son was so excited that he's like, Mom, give me the recording. I'm going to do it right now before I go to bed. I want to get it edited because he's I'm paying him, so he wants to make some money too. So he edits edits everything for me. He does a, does a great job. Fast forward a few days, and we are having dinner, Sunday dinner, and we're just sitting around after dinner talking, and we start talking about what everybody learned at church because that's an easy thing that we always talk about on Sunday. We try to. And my older son, who's 18, was sharing with us that he had learned about the first vision in his class on Sunday. And that one of the, and I said, well, what did you learn about the first vision? And he said, one of the things I learned is the context is really important to understand the first vision. And he said the word context. And then he said that he learned about the great spiritual awakening that was happening in the United States at that time and how that led Joseph Smith to, to want to know which church he should join and to pray and to read the Bible and to know all those things. And he said the word context. And immediately my other son, who is the one who is the editor of my podcast, piped up and said, context, that's part of the CARE Project, which was what mom did her podcast interview on this week. And he had edited it and he knew what context meant. And you'll hear in the interview, she talks about CARA and that it's an acronym for a way to study the Bible. And I just want to tell you that it's something that is totally applicable to us as moms, that we can learn the scriptures and the Bible. And this acronym is applicable to any not only the Bible, but it's applicable to any of the scriptures that we read. It's applicable to the story of the first vision, like my son mentioned. And we we can teach this to our kids. My, my son already knows just from editing this podcast 
that he needs to find context when he's reading the scriptures. And you'll hear in the interview all of the other steps in their method. But I just want you to know that I'm so excited to share this interview because anybody who is trying to share light and goodness, I want to be a part of it. And that is what Heather and the Car Project is doing. So I hope you enjoy this interview. And now you know what I've been working on behind the scenes, getting some resources together to help you with your teenagers. And so I hope that you will look forward to that too. And now here's my interview with Heather Erickson. Today, I have a great guest for you. Her name is Heather Erickson. And Heather loves Jesus, music, and anything with carbs. I think we can be friends. Uh, She is one of the co-founders of The Cara Project, which is a women's ministry based in Utah, focused on helping all women learn how to study the Bible, regardless of their faith background. They offer online biblical resources and studies, workshops, and access to seasoned Bible mentors. Heather is a Bible teacher, author, and worship leader who has a passion for helping women find joy in the Bible. She geeks out the most when she's doing a Bible study or picking the brain of her seminary student husband. She earned her Bible and communications degree from the University of Northwestern, St. Paul, and Heather is married with two kids living in Utah. When she's not at her full-time corporate job or teaching women about the Bible, she's playing backyard baseball with her family or sleeping. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Heather. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is great. So we're going to talk about the CAR Project in just a second and introduce everybody to this ministry that you're doing to help women find joy in the Bible, which I am so excited about. I've had a little preview of it, but I want to back up. I want to know about you and your love of the Bible. So tell me about when that started for you and how you just got this great love and found your own joy in studying the Bible. I, um, I grew up in a family that was in ministry. My dad was a Christian radio uh, manager. My parents led the worship at our church. I was surrounded by uh, two people who I can't think uh, emb- could, uh, could embody who Christ is and what the Bible teaches in a more real way. So in my entire upbringing, my parents lived and breathed and embodied Christ that when it came time for me to study the Bible on my own and get really into understanding what I believed, because that's really where it started. It's I had to understand what I, what I was learning and believing. I started to realize that they were living it out daily. And And it made it really easy for me because when I had a question that I didn't know how to answer and when I'd be reading my Bible, they had the answers for me. And they were so open to answering any question. And I started to realize that when you know the Bible as a parent, as much as they did, it made it so easy as a kid to want to learn how to study the Bible myself because I wanted to be able to have the answers at my fingertips, just like the two of them did. They, They were... Um, not only amazing teachers, they were these people that um, lived it out on a daily basis. And you can't ask for a better way to, to live your life growing up. But beyond that, I was still an imperfect kid. I still grew up sinning. And I had my, I had my rebel years. And I had my question years where I didn't know if I believed what I believed. And And it was in those moments when I remembered a verse where it talked about, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And at that time, I was dating an atheist who didn't believe a thing. And I was questioning everything that I ever believed in. And I realized I was loving with my heart and my soul, but not really with my mind. I really didn't know what I believed. 
And it was when I started to go to the Bible and read it for myself and really understand what it was that the Bible taught. And I really dug in deep. I realized when I loved the Lord with my mind, I, I couldn't turn away. There's no other, there's no other than him because it was so obvious when I started to love him with everything everything in me and you know sorry boyfriend you're you're not you're gone you're now gone <laughs> but but it was it was a really good growing up moment for me is it took me being willing to walk away from what my parents believe step into faith for myself and say do i believe what they have brought me up to believe i see it i, I see it embodied i see it completely lived out am i willing to actually back it up and when i backed it up with my heart my soul and my mind that's when i realized this is the real deal Okay. So much good things in there. First of all, I love that your parents not only had a love of the Bible and were reading the Bible, but they were living it. Mm -hmm. They, they had the example and they set that foundation for you. But then it also sounds like they sort of let you spread your wings and figure out for yourself. Hardest thing to do as a parent. I look, I said to them, I say to them now, I'm like, what were you thinking? I mean, to be able to have tender, genuine love for me and course correcting me. And they didn't agree with all the boyfriend choices and things of that nature. But in the, in the midst of it, they constantly kept on trying to anchor me back to the truth and to the Bible. And, and yet they still let me live it out because the, sometimes you have to make stubborn children like myself live, live it out first before we, we come back to reality. That's right. So yeah, that, that makes a case for just not giving up and just doing those foundational things in your home yeah. and just trusting your child that they're going to, you know, they, well, they, we've all got to navigate our own way, right? I mean, that's how it works. So, so you went from that and then you got a degree yeah. Right. In Bible yeah. and what was it? Bible and communications degree. So, so two, two degrees. So, two. okay. Yeah. Because I got to be, you got, you have your regular major in communications. Um, but in addition to that, the school I went to was a Bible college where they give you a Bible degree. You take a lot of courses around. It's everything from how to study the Bible. I was teaching, taking classes on how to dig into understanding the history and the context and things that now the car project's doing, which is exciting for us to uncover today. But on top of it, I was doing an entire course all on Psalms, an entire course all on the book of Luke. So you get to really get in and understand the Bible, which also gave me a lot of foundational elements that I took with me on how to study the Bible that I am now using today as an adult. I'm sure I, that, that intensive preparation helped you to create the car project. So I want to know more about that. This is so exciting to me, what you have created, because it's something that anybody can use. So tell me more about it. How did it start? You know, where did the idea come from and what is it? So it's a, me along with uh, two of uh, my very best friends, Jen Howell and Sarah West. The three of us have been studying um, uh, the Bible and doing Bible studies with women um, not only here in Utah, but across the, you know, the nation, but, you know, more, more recently in Utah, studying the Bible with, with women of varying faiths. And as we started to uncover both, you know, with our LDS friends and our Christian friends, and we're digging into the Bible, one of the things we heard loud and clear was, man, I wish I knew how to understand the Bible. Man, it seems like it should be so, like, I'm intimidated. I don't know where to start. We hear all the same things over and over, and we're like, where are the resources for these women to, to be able to do it on their own. And we realized there really wasn't anything that was safe 
for, for women of any varying faith to be able to go and say, oh, this is a safe place for me to be able to learn how to study, ask any question I want, and know that it's going to be sound and, and biblical. So we came up with the CARA project. CARA stands for the Greek word of joy. Uh, and since the Bible is originally written in Greek, of course, we can't, you know, we have to get a little nerdy and, and name our name off of, off of a Greek word. But one of the reasons why we named it the, the CARA project is because joy is really what you get when you start to understand the Bible. It's what oozes out of the Bible. It's whispered on every single page, God's love story to us. And it, you can't help but want to um, uncover more as you start to study. So it, it's natural that it would be named the CARA project. Okay. I love that. So CARA is spelled C-H-A-R-A. And there's a reason for that because it's an acronym. It, well, it's, so it's funny. The name came first and the acronym came second. Are you serious? You guys yes. are so smart to figure out this acronym. No, this was God. That was all God. Totally. We, I, yeah, yes. He orchestrated all of it. We came up with the, with the idea of calling it Kara because we thought, man, it has to be about women finding joy in the Bible. But as we started to uncover, well, we want to provide a study tip. What's a method we can use at any time you sit down and you're reading one verse or one chapter or one book that you can use to apply no matter when you're studying? And we came up with the acronym CARA after we did all the research and figured out what we wanted to apply. The C stands for context. You, and I can go into the details of all these, but H stands for history, A stands for author, R stands for read, and A stands for applying the Bible. And those five words are what anchors our study Bible, our, our Bible study method that allows women to learn how to dig in the Bible deeper. Okay, I love this. So so you use this acronym to help women. What other kind of resources do you have to go along with that? Do you just say, here's the acronym and here's a Bible? How does that work? No, so um, and I'll, let me explain the the CARA, the each, what each letter really Yes, is. do that first. But, yeah. I, but I'll also say that the CARA project actually gives out Bible studies that help you, guide you through the study Bible method. We have resources on our website that are specifically geared toward newbies or, you know, old timers, if you want to call them that, that, you know, what are the basic tenets of getting started to understanding different literary styles in the Bible and getting a little geeky? How do you want to uh, go and study the Bible? We want to provide those resources at your fingertips. But the C in, uh, in Kara stands for context. And what context means is when you read a verse, just like when you're teaching a reader, an early reader, how to read, and they ask you what a word means, you say, well, read the sentence around it, and then maybe you'll understand what the word means. It's the same idea when we're reading the Bible. You want to help understand the verse or the passage by reading the context around the passage. So when I read a verse like, I can do all things through him who strengthens me in Philippians 4.13, I automatically, when I read that by itself, thinks, oh, great, God's going to give me all the strength I need. But when you read the context around it, you start to see that it's God that's our source of our joy, which gives us strength in any circumstances because we have joy in him. So you start to understand context when you actually read everything around it. Um, the age is history because we believe that this Bible, while it's timeless in nature, the Bible is also has some historical context you need to understand to understand how the original hearers would have heard it. So when it says in 1 Timothy that women aren't supposed to braid their hair or wear jewelry, probably not applicable for us today because what it's actually speaking to is the fact that the priest and the goddess in Ephesus at that time were all wearing jewelry and braiding their hair and they didn't want the women of that day to be associated with a goddess of that time. So 
good for us. We can still braid our hair and wear jewelry. Yay. <laughs> and we're not going against the Bible. Yeah, that history is so important to understand the context of what's going around around us and then the history of who's writing this, when are they writing it. I noticed on your website you have a great list of the authors of each book and, and the offer resources to learn about each of them. Right. That, that's exactly right. Because every single author had a different way of talking. You need to understand if Paul is writing in Philippians and Colossians, you need to understand the hardship he goes through so that when he's talking about the hardship, you really know what he's talking about. And it's some hard stuff like ship, being shipwrecked and being beaten and all the bad stuff that you never want to have to read about. But also if you understand Luke, Luke was a doctor. So now when he, you see the detail in his writing and how particular he is in his writing style, you understand it's because he's a doctor. That's how he thinks. He thinks to, to capture some of the details that others wouldn't. So it totally changes your perspective on how you read when you start to read. I mean, it's the same thing for us. When we read a cookbook, when we read satire, when we read an author that's, you know, a president of the United States versus a comedian, we're going to read them differently. We're also going to know their background and it helps us understand how they're approaching the content that they're writing. Totally makes sense. Yes. So author is the fourth one. Read is the fifth one, which is pretty obvious, right? You want to read, but what we're really encouraging here, read it in different translations. You know, there are a lot of great ways. I mean, let me just back up for a second and say, looking at different translations is like looking at a thesaurus. Right, the Greek word, the Greek language and Hebrew language that were the Bible was originally written in. Um, there's like usually one uh, Greek word for like eleven or twelve English words. So it's very easy for as as English changes, we're gonna see translations change just slightly in the way that they word things because they're trying to find the right Greek word to match the English language of the day. Great example, blessed. The word blessed in Psalms, it says it all the time. Even in, um, in Beatitudes, it says, blessed are those that mourn. Mm-hmm. The word is actually happy. It's not like you're being blessed. It's actually the word happy. But we don't necessarily see that until you start to look at different translations. Same thing with, uh, oh, there's a great verse in Hebrews 11, 1, where it says, but now faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. That's the Christian standard version. But the KJV says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Both say almost the exact same thing, but they have slight wording differentiations that totally bring a lot more color and variety and embody it that help you understand the passage a little bit more. So reading the Bible in different translations, kind of opening up your eyes to understanding some of the Greek words that may have been um, used in that time help you paint a better picture of what was really being uh, trying to be said. Yeah. And and I got those out of order. I, so read is the fourth one. I said, I think I said author was the fourth one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Author. But but I want to, I want to interject here because as you know, most of my listeners are Latter-day Saints and we officially, we use the King James version of the Bible, but we shouldn't be afraid. This is my opinion. (laughs) We can, you look at other translations. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not doing anything wrong when we do that. We can look at these other translations and do exactly what you said and find the color of what what is the, the whole meaning here and what is trying to be painted. And I think that I love that. And you're giving people a great source of what are the other translations? Where can we go? 
Yeah, there's a spot on our website that actually outlines some of the different translations and what was the background behind how why they were translated. There's two different reasons why uh, when it's when a book is being translated of uh, the Bible is being translated from the original Greek, they're looking at either readability or if it's literal to the actual words of the Greek. And those two um, variables are what's used when translating the Bible. And we outline that on the website so you can easily see when I'm going to KJV, what is it actually uh, is very literal, but not always that readable. And so that's why it's nice to be able to supplement it with some other places just to be able to understand it in a language that might be easier for today's English. Yes, I, I do that frequently. And I love just that you get a different feel and a different understanding more to think about. It's it just broadens your horizon. I really, I really love that. And that you're giving the resources to do that. So that's great. Yeah. The last one is apply, which I think we naturally jump to. I don't know about you, but I tend to jump right to, okay, I read the verse now I'm going to apply it. And that's part of the reason why we like it being at the end, because the whole hope when you read the Bible is first of all, you should read the Bible. You should read it a couple of times, like read a passage a couple of times, ask yourself all the questions so that you, when you go to apply, you're at least, you know, ready ask yourself all the questions, but then go and do content, like understand the context or the history of the author. And then once you understand what the original hearers would have heard, you can apply it to your life more. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is the easiest one to jump to, but it's also the one that is a lot more fun to, um, do once you've actually understood the passage better. Like, I right once you actually understand the history and and the background and you've read the context around it and you know who the author is it makes it way more meaningful to want to apply it because I'm like I I get this passage I understand why Paul is saying have joy in all circumstances because he really had all the worst circumstances and if he can have circumstances that are really bad and has still have joy I can too. Yeah. So so what are some of the ways that we can actually apply? Like, do you recommend journaling? Do you recommend, um, you know, writing out the scripture? Oh, there's so many different ways. I'll, you know, it, you, and if my, if my friends, Sarah and Jen were here, we probably would have three different answers, right? Everybody, right? I mean, even if you ask us what time of day we study the Bible, all three of us are completely different. As busy moms, the thing is you have to find out what works best for you, right? It's the same thing with even like studying the Bible. Some days studying the Bible for me is, um, quickly reading it on my phone in a version app um, as I'm running from one thing to the next. And then other days, it's me sitting down and taking a passage of scripture. A lot of times, I like to just camp in a couple of verses or, or a, a, a few verses and then apply the CARA project tips. And I do tend to take a journal out. Sometimes it's electronic because I'm, I'm the nerd that is always on her computer rather than uh, with paper and pen. But journal it out. Um, I also love studying with a friend where we can actually uncover things together. And so there's been times, whether it's over Marco Polo or um, just through texting where, hey, this is what I found in that passage. Is that what you found too? Or how, how did you think about that? Here's the history I found. And we share stuff based on what we were each studying. But doing it together is a lot of great accountability, especially for busy moms. We're, we don't have a lot of time in our day, but having somebody that we can be accountable with to share our wins and share what we're learning is... I don't know about you, but it keeps me very excited and, and engaged. Yeah, totally. I think, I think sometimes even just articulating what you're feeling inside as you are trying to apply a, a word of scripture, it, it, it helps solidify it to you. I, that's what it does for me when I can teach it to someone else or just share 
what's in my heart or about testimony of it or whatever, it solidifies it for me. I'll give you a great example with my kids. So the other day I was um, studying love your enemies, uh, which is in like, uh, it's Luke 6, 27 and 28. And I was talking to my kids about the, how, how do you love your enemies? And if you read the context around the verse, if you read right after it, Jesus actually explains how to love your enemies. And it's about giving, you know, when you're, when the, somebody takes your clothes, give your clothes away. When somebody slap, you know, slaps you, you give your other cheek and don't demand back something that's been taken from you. And so I'm reading this list off and all of my kids were just mad. They were like, no, I would never do that. That's so hard. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. It is hard, kids. And um, a few hours later, we were sitting at e- eating lunch, and my do- my son hits my daughter, and I was like, "All right, all right." I'm like, "Here we have this." You know, here we were learning this lesson. I was like, "So, so to my youngest, I was like, so what do you do?'" And she offers him her cheek, and he slapped it. I'm like, this is not applying the Bible at all. I mean, we totally missed the whole point. We had a very big character building moment in our house later. I was like, this is not applying the Bible. I completely mom failed. Um, and then we went back to the, to the Bible and I said, you know, part of the, the problem we're having here is I just taught you the how. I didn't tell you the why. I didn't tell you the why. And in Romans, it talks about the reason why we love our enemies is because God looked at us as enemies of sinners. And when we are enemies of, of God, and then he loved us by sending his son, we need to love like Christ. Or we need to love like God. So it's the idea of taking on the character of God. So I had this big teachable moment with the kids, but it was because I had studied it and I got a chance to teach it that all of a sudden it anchored itself deep in my heart. And it was a moment as a mom where I don't know if it's sunken or not, but I, I had a, I went from a mom fail to a mom win uh, by, by having a moment where I got to teach my kids, not only how to study the Bible and looking for passages around where, where they could find the answer, but also realizing you sometimes need to understand the why and not just take the checklist of the how. Uh, it, was a, it was a good moment for us in our house. Yeah, I really love that because that's something I've been thinking a lot about, like, so much of teaching our children is in the everyday moment. It's in the moment, right? And it's not like, okay, we're going to sit down and formally, you know, we're, I mean, we do those things. We do. We take them to church and we, you know, we have family home evening and all we study the scriptures as a family. But a lot of times I think the most impactful things are those moments when you can say, oh, you know, I read this and this is happening to my family and now let's apply it as a family and let's try to teach our kids. Those are the moments. And so that's why it's so important as women that we know these things that we, and you're giving us an avenue to be able to go out and, and find joy in the Bible and be able to dive in and really know it for ourselves, which is so important. The, the thing is, I, I really love studying the Bible, but part of it comes from when my kids were starting to ask me questions around the Bible and I started to realize my daughter is going to find her identity in something else that's not Christ if I don't take time to teach her how to find the answers for herself. It's in those moments as a mom where I, you, you start to reflect and say, you know what? It is, in the, it is in the daily grind. It is in the cars we're driving to the grocery store. It is when I don't want, I want, I want to be on social media and not, and not be bothered by, you know, the pestery children. I have to stop and put my phone down and say, all right, children. We have to have a moment here where let's just focus on the fact that we're sinners and we're not perfect, 
and we need to understand the Bible better. And this was an easy, they, these are easy, tangible ways. When I realize that when I understand the Bible and I can be a resource for my kids, it makes it a lot easier for them to get their answers and understand what the Bible says. If I know it for myself first, I'm a better mom when I understand the Bible for myself. Totally agree. So, so then how do we make that jump? What's, what's your experience or your recommendation on, you know, we can teach our kids the things that we're learning. How do we help them learn for themselves to have their own relationship with Jesus Christ and to know him themselves? Where does that fit in? You know, number one, if you don't love God and love studying the Bible, just like my parents, they embodied it. They lived it out. I saw it. I saw it every day of my life. And it wasn't an act. It wasn't like they were happy, you know, happy people, you know, in front of me. And then in the bedroom, they were, you know, to have a a different, you know, person of who they were. They were real every single day, every single moment. And you saw the love of God because they shared it with everybody they met. (laughs) Very verbose people. They loved God. And so that's part of it is we need to be willing to, um, and not willing, we need to find joy in the Bible ourselves. And then it's going to naturally ooze out of us because they're going to see you studying the Bible. They're going to see you excited about it. And then, oh, you know, I'll share another story. I, uh, so our 15 year old nephew comes and lives with us every summer for a little bit. And, you know, so I've got, you know, you get this teenager in my house. I've got a bunch of young, young littles. And so I have a teenager that comes and lives with us. And I remember teaching him about the Bible. We were sitting down and it was, a, uh, you know, me and my husband were driving in the car and he was asking us, why is it so exciting? And we're like, well, did you realize that dinosaurs are mentioned in the Bible? And he goes, wait, what? We're like, turn, turn to Job 40 and start reading about the behemoth um, or Job 41, where it talks about the Leviathan. And it says that its tail sways like a cedar. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not an elephant. I'm like, as it's describing what it is, it's talking about something that's describing it as a dinosaur. And then he's like, what? And all of a sudden, it just like triggered it something because he found something that was interesting. It wasn't just a bunch of stories. It was something that was bigger for him. In fact, that's what we talk a lot with our kids about. The story of the Bible is not just a one time, like a bunch of itty bitty stories. It is one large story that captures the creation, the fall, the redemption of man and the future of the church. All of that is captured in the Bible and they're all actually interconnected. And once you start to realize that Leviticus is not a boring book anymore, it actually is interconnected. And Jesus quotes it quite a bit in the New Testament. When you start to realize that that storyline and that arc is one large story, man, that makes it a lot easier to love the Bible. Because now every single verse you read has meaning. It's not just the genealogy. It's not just a rule of you know, law in Deuteronomy. There's something that is magical about reading the Bible and understanding its interconnectedness. And us just giving a couple little snippets for my nephew that, that summer, we got a chance to teach him that how the Bible was interconnected. Man, by the time he was leaving, he started Revelation. And I was like, whoa, boy, you're, you're, you're going deep. But, but he was excited about the Bible. He, he left inspired. And it came from me and my husband showing him how excited we were about the Bible. Yeah, it go, I think it goes back to what your parents taught you, just being that example and living it. Do you think there's, there's a place for a mom who learns this method, the Kara method, to sit down with their child and say, Hey, let's study the Bible. And here's how we can start. We can start with the context. I mean, what, what do you think that would look like? 
oh, we do it all the time with our kids where we'll sit down and we'll read a verse. Oh, uh, we just, my husband was doing this in the car the other day. Um, he was having our son read um, in John and he started having him just read one, one or two verses. And then he ended up having him read a little bit more so he could understand the fuller story. So it's just helping him understand the more you read, the more you start to understand the story in the context. He's nine. It's not like he's in high school yet. He's still young and he's still in early reader mode, but he's starting to grasp the concept. And then we start telling him the story about John and who John is. And the fact that John is uh, one of the most loved disciples of Jesus. And once you understand that, how does that paint the picture of what John is saying in the chapters you're reading? So we as parents have to guide it a lot more as they're younger. We, we have to know it for ourselves in order to guide it. But absolutely, uh, our kids, uh, they do a memorization. We, we have them memorizing verses on a regular basis. And I'm like, I don't want you just memorizing it. You have to understand what you're actually memorizing and the passage that it's in. Go find it in the Bible, find out where it's at, read the context around it and understand it for yourself because it's going to become way more meaningful than you just memorizing one verse that's going to be stuck in your head, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying memorizing scripture is bad. You still need to understand how it fits into the bigger picture. And that helps bring the verse to life in a whole new way. My seven-year-old daughter can not only rattle off the scripture, she understands the meaning behind it. Yeah. And, th and that's what you want. I think that, that's what I want my kids to know, because that's when they're going to figure out what does Christ mean to them? You know, who is he to them? And, and they can apply that to their own life. So I really love that. Basically, I think what it is all coming back to is as mothers, we have to know it first. Our kids are never going to have it unless we know it first. So that's what is so exciting about this to me. And I remember the time, I remember a moment, I can't remember what, how old I was, where my mom turned to me and goes, I think you know more than I do. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I, I didn't think it was a competition, but it was a, it was a proud moment for her as a mom when she had seen that she had instilled a passion in me for studying the Bible that got me driven and moving farther and faster. And just, I could not put it down. I couldn't put it down because I found so much joy in it. And she's like, way to go. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's what you want as a parent. You want your kid to pass you. That's, that's, that's our biggest win is when we can have so much joy that it exudes right onto them and they carry the torch. Well, I love your enthusiasm for this and just your heart to share it with other women and to help other women have the joy that, that you have experienced. So if somebody's out there and they're not even sure where to start, Car Project is a great place to go. What are the resources? Where should they go first? Um, what would you recommend? There's two different places you can go. You can either go to our Instagram account because, um, and it's at the car project because uh, it will automatically be giving updates of what content's coming out. And so you'll get it right there. The other spot is um, hang tight to our website at thecarproject.com. Uh, on our blog, twice a week, we'll give a devotional once uh, uh, every Monday. And on Tuesdays, we post a Bible study that you can do if you don't have a Bible study you're already doing. Uh, we're going to offer one up to women so that way they have some way to be able to dig into the Bible for themselves, apply the car Bible uh, tips. But our devotionals are about inspiring women and getting them excited about and joyful about the everyday hustle. Um, from finding joy in the Bible to finding joy in content you know, in, in hard times, we want women to know that they're not alone. And this is a community for them. And when you have a question along the way, we have Bible mentors uh, that are available to answer any question that comes along. And I think that's one of the biggest resources we can offer is um, you shouldn't do this alone. 
you know, the Bible doesn't have to be a solo thing. It can be done in community. And that's what we're here for. That I love that word community that we can, we can all help each other. We're all on the same path. We're all trying to get the same place. We're trying to know the savior and you are offering such a great way to be able to, to do that. So thank you so much. I do have one final question for you. And this is a question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, but I would love to know how you've seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood. You know, I, I think that the more that I have read the Bible, the more I align my heart to who God is and align my heart with God, that it enables me to outpour uh, more of who I am to be like him. It allows me to gain a closer relationship to God, which then naturally mirrors itself easily to the people around me, including my kids. And that's the prayer I have for them. I want them to see uh, who Christ is uh, through me. And that comes from me reading the Bible. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come and let me chat with you. I'm glad I was able to do this. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts. This actually helps more moms to find the podcast and to gain confidence in their ability to hear and follow God's voice in motherhood. For show notes, resources, and information about courses to help you be more spiritually minded, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram at spirituallymindedmom. Have an amazing day and remember, you are a beloved daughter of heavenly parents who want you to succeed and who want to be your partner in motherhood.